0: <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor.
1: Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. No time for chatter tonight, so it's straight to the entertainment. And we begin with a program that will please Dave Kelly of Waterloo, Iowa. Big
2: fan of the show. Here's Nightbeat, starring Frank Lovejoy. Ironized Yeast presents Lights Out, Everybody.
1: It is later than you.
2: Lights Out brings you stories of the supernatural and the supernormal, dramatizing the fantasies and the mysteries of the unknown. We tell you this frankly, so if you wish to avoid the excitement and tension of these imaginative plays, we urge you calmly but sincerely to turn off your radio. Now,
1: this is Arch Ovaler. Tonight, we tell you a story about two gentlemen, no, uh, two men of the German army, the Nazi army. The scene is a bombing plane flying over England, but
2: and now, lights out everybody. <laughs>
3: Hauptmann, you are ready?
4: Fertig, Herr Hauptmann. No, speak English now. We are almost there. And remember, from the moment your feet touch that blasted English soil, only English. Yes, Captain. Now, check your equipment. Parachute, rucksack, gun. All in order, sir. We should be there in a few moments. Now, remember, if for any reason I do not get to our point of rendezvous, or if I'm not there when you get there, you are to wait two hours and then go on alone to Melford and carry out our orders. Understood? Yes, Captain. Pilot. Go, Herr Happen. We sind da?
5: Drei
1: Minuten
4: mehr. Also, Bombenhöhle verlassen. be Herr Go. Bombheads is open. It's time to go. Oh, uh, one thing more, Lieutenant. Yes, Captain. I uh, was ordered to tell you this just before we jump. If you are successful in your part of this mission, the General wishes me to inform you that the Führer himself will reward you. Now jump. Heil Hitler. Heil Hitler. Heil Hitler.
5: Be Lord, I'm going. Viel you, Herr Danke. Heil Hitler. the weather is cold, Oh, Captain. you all right, sir?
4: Not Captain, you fool. The name is Edward. Yours is Thomas. Understood? Yes, Edwin.
3: Oh, you are hurt. Sir.
4: My foot twisted when I landed.
3: Oh, perhaps you had better Are sit- you going to tell me what to do? Oh, no, sir.
4: Give me your arm. Here, yes, sir. Oh? Yes, Edwin. Half a kilometer down the road is the house. In the morning, Bearcourt will meet us there.
5: But your foot.
4: My foot sir- will be all right. The infernal English climate. Faster, my dear uh, Thomas. The Englishmen have work to do. See, my dear Thomas? You should never doubt what intelligence gives you. Ten, eleven, twelve steps. So, now's the key. You have not lost the key?
0: Oh, no, sir. I have it here.
4: Get the door open. Infernal rain. Huh? Open it.
3: It is stuck, sir. Ah, Here,
4: let me. What's the matter with you? It is open. In quickly. and turn on our lights. Hmm. Yeah. These British, how well they built the old piles of masonry. Come. We will build a fire and make ourselves quite comfortable until Berkhoff arrives in the morning.
5: Yes, Edmund.
4: There is no longer any danger of our being observed. Yes, Captain.
3: Captain. What? I thought I heard...
4: You heard what? Laughter. <laughs> Internal flashlight. Give me yours. Yes, Captain. Now, walk on. This house is empty for years. You should know by now that our military intelligence makes no mistakes. Yes,
3: Captain.
4: <laughs> Captain. I heard. <laughs> Door to the right. Remember your orders. Thomas.
3: Yes, Edward. well. Good evening, gentlemen. Won't you come in by the fire? Uh,
4: Yes, thank you. Come, Thomas.
3: Uh, My name is Burley.
4: Uh, I am Edward Cooper. My friend Thomas Davies and I got lost in the rain. Uh, We thought this
3: house was quite deserted. (laughs) Deserted? Not for 500 years. Well, may I present Lady Burley. How do you do? How do you do? My great aunt, Mrs. Westland. How How do you
6: do? do? Now, William, they can beat the rest of the family later. Someone give them a drink. They're soaked to the
3: skin. Here you are, gentlemen. Oh, yes, gentlemen. My son-in-law, John Pearson. How do you do? How do you do? do, uh, you do? Drink them while they're hot, gentlemen. Thank you. Really, you gentlemen should get out of your wet things. Would you like to go
4: up there uh, No, go? no, thank you. We're quite all right, but confused. Confused? Yes. Uh, Mr. Davies and I were told on good authority that this property hadn't been occupied for the past 25
3: years. My dear man, where do you think you are?
4: Melford Towers
3: heavens, young man, you are lost. You certainly are. Milford Towers, that's two miles north of here. You're at Dorset Manor. Just took the wrong turn somewhere.
6: Melford Towers, Mr. Carver. Uh, Cooper. Uh, Mr. Cooper, why in the world were you going to Milford Towers on a night like this? Please
3: forgive our inquisitiveness, Mr. Cooper, but after all, Milford Towers is quite deserted, you know. Yes, we know. Uh, what do you mean, sir? Oh, uh,
4: Mr. Davies here, and I started quite early. Lost ourselves completely got dark, and uh, well, here we are.
3: Oh, yes. Uh, John. Yes, sir, William. Ring up the constable. Yes. Yes, of course. Uh, wait a minute. Why the constable? Well, it's quite obvious. Is it? Of course. Uh, ring up the constable,
4: John. No. Put up your hands, all of you.
3: Oh. I say now. Oh. Oh, what is he going to do with the gun? What is
4: he going to do with the gun? Make that old woman keep quiet. Uh,
3: Hans. Uh, old oh, woman.
4: Can can of chance naming. The Kennan-Kannaschans, Neyman. Emergency Toten, I said to keep your hands up.
6: German,
5: William. German spies. Not
4: spies, old woman. German soldiers. You're in civilian clothing. German soldiers, Englishmen. Soldiers? Soldiers to rescue a soldier.
6: William, what are they talking about?
4: How long did you think we would permit you to keep our great Rudolf Hess in prison? Mouth! Rudolf Hess! What are you? Shut your mouth!
3: How dare you? You two! No, 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 no here. No, now no, quiet,
4: no, all of no, no, you! I don't, I don't know. Nimzi, next, and Simon quickly. Go. All of you. Do as he says. What do you want me to shoot? The next room, quickly. Well, I suppose.
3: Where is he taking? Well,
4: Lieutenant, we are all dead here, Captain. No more wood. The room is warm enough. Yes, Captain. Ah. Now then, where was I? Oh, yes. Behrkopf will bring an automobile. We will then proceed to this point on a the map. There are a few hand grenades in the right place. And Herr Hess will be with us. Then we will... Lieutenant, didn't I just tell you no more wood on the fire? It's warm enough. Yes, Captain. Ah. Is it still raining out there? Oh, yes, Captain. The infernal climate. Yes, Captain. Yet the weather is fortunate. Who will come here on a night such as this?
3: Uh-huh.
5: Yes,
4: Captain. Uh, no matter. As soon as it is daylight, we will go. Seven in the morning, Berkhoff will be there. We'll meet him. Yes, Captain. Yes, Captain. Yes, Captain. Does none of this mean anything to you? No. No, never mind. You're a good soldier. You believe. You obey. Always, sir, Captain. I, too. So we will win. Always. Yes, Captain. It will be most satisfactory, eh, Lieutenant, to tell about this little adventure when we get home. To come right in under the noses of the British and... What are you listening to?
5: I... I don't know, sir.
4: There's nothing. Be Godman, man, why do you stand there with your head twisted like an old woman waiting for... I heard... Be still. The next room who we will find out you told me there was no one left there was
5: no
3: one good evening gentlemen won't you come in by the fire they all love them uh, my name is burley may i present lady burley how do you do shot them you said you shot them uh,
6: my great aunt
3: mrs westland
6: how do you do now, William, they can meet the rest of the family later. Someone give them a drink. They're soaked to the skin. I did kill
4: them. You
3: dirty liar. There you are, gentlemen. Your drink. No! You blasted Englanders. What is this trick? Oh, yes, gentlemen. My son-in-law, John Pierce. Stop talking. This time you will die. <laughs>
2: Captain. What? Could you tell
5: me the time, please?
4: Uh, twelve minutes after three.
5: Why? How soon will we go?
4: In the morning, in the morning. You want to get lost again in that infernal woods?
5: No, Captain.
4: What is the matter with you?
5: Nothing, sir.
4: No. I understand. Your dereliction of duty. You think I will report? No. Help me carry out our orders tomorrow. And the fact that you did not shoot those Anglanders as I ordered will never reach the ears of Berlin. Anyway, we are dead now. You know that. I know that. It is ended.
3: <laughs> uh,
4: again?
5: It is they? No.
4: I shot them myself. I saw the body's paw. It is strange. No, it isn't. It cannot be. I'll show you. I'll show you. You see, they are dead. <laughs> Good evening,
3: gentlemen. Won't you come in by the fire?
2: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, a moment of relaxation, if you please, in this story of death, while we all assure ourselves that we are who we are and where we are. And in this moment of reality, let's listen in on a very real problem of these war days. A woman is saying,
7: Of course, I want to keep up my war work. Every American does. Oh, but I'm afraid it's too much for me. I'm losing weight. I wake up mornings as tired as when I went to bed. I can't eat or sleep as I should. I'm. I'm so all in, I can't go on. But,
2: madam, perhaps you don't have to go on like that. Maybe all you need is more vitamin B and iron. Well,
7: how how could
2: that be? Authorities explain it this way. When you don't get enough vitamin B from your meals, you may have lost your appetite, not eat all you need. So you lose weight, lose your pep and ambition. Or your food may not do you the good it should. And when you don't get enough iron from what you eat, you may be weak and pale feel only half alive. But if that's your deficiency, my advice is try ironized yeast tablets.
7: Ironized yeast tablets?
2: Yes, ma'am. They give you both vitamin B and iron. So when you need them, ironized yeast helps two ways to step up your weight and strength and energy. Yet the cost is but a few pennies a day. And talk about easy. Why, pleasant little ironized yeast tablets are an absolute cinch to take. Try them, if more vitamin B and iron is all you need. Then see if pretty quick you aren't saying...
7: It's glorious to feel so good. I've forgotten what tired means. Everybody says I look wonderful, too, since I've gained these nice pounds. How thankful I am for ironized yeast tablets.
2: And now back to lights out. The Nazi soldiers sit in the house of the family they have murdered.
4: Lieutenant. Hans. Lieutenant, I'm talking to you. For hours you sit. Last you say something. I order you to say something.
5: I have nothing to say, sir.
4: Well, you can speak. You infernal fool, you. Why are you so afraid? You have your gun, your hand grenades, a knife. Why be afraid? Stop turning your head that way. Listen to me. There's nothing to listen to out there. There's nothing out there. Nothing, nothing.
2: If they...
4: They will do nothing. They are dead. Do you want to go into that room and see that they are dead? They are dead! No. Why should I have to convince you?
5: Three times?
4: How often must I tell you? I saw that same thing happen in a campaign in Poland. Poland? Why do you hold on to my words? Yes, in Poland. The first campaign, there were snipers in the village... We wiped out everyone, men, women, children. But the next morning, the vermin were there again. Uh We thought they were there. I didn't see them. Others did and went running through the streets throwing hand grenades. There was an explanation, of course. There is an explanation for everything. The men who saw, who thought they saw, were tired. Their eyes played tricks. I heard the doctors in my division talking. They said it was tricks of the mind. Those people are dead. They must be dead.
5: You... you too are
4: afraid. Blasted insubordinate idiot! How dare you? I'm not afraid. I'm afraid of nothing.
5: If... if they would only come...
4: I believe in the Fuhrer and his destiny. I can never be afraid.
5: If... if they laugh
4: again... Stop talking. I order it. They will not... My infernal leg. Swollen. Lightning, at least. To what? Not to anything. To me in the next room.
5: Look. Look.
4: You question an order?
5: You said they were dead this time. Why, look at...
4: I order you to go. Do not just sit there. Tell me what you're thinking. Tell me.
5: I'm... I'm thinking that that maybe this is what I've always been afraid of. In Czechoslovakia, in Holland, in Belgium, in, in France... This is what I always was afraid of. Of what? That someday I would wait for them. Then I commanded a firing squad in Slovakia. We shot women.
4: What's that got to do with this?
5: In Belgium, too. Women. What are you talking about? In Poland, the, the tank I was in was covered with the blood of the children and women.
4: You blasted fool. You are a soldier of the greater German Reich.
5: I think to myself, why don't I just leave you here and run? You would not dare. I think to myself, what is the use? Sooner or later they will come for me. Who? Who
4: will come for you? The dead. Shut your mouth! The dead are dead. We exterminate the vermin for the glory of the greater Reich. I always suspected you, Hans Miller, you weak-minded fool. I explained everything to you. Hallucination, always hallucination.
5: I, I know what I will do. What? If they laugh again, I know what I will do. Yeah, yeah.
4: Grenade. What are you going to do with that hand grenade? I hold it. Take your fingers off the firing pin. No. I order you. No. I am your superior officer. Put that grenade down. No. You maniac. What are you going to do?
5: it and wait. Oh what? If they laugh again, we were wrong. You and I you and I in the field How oh, dare all wrong and I will pull out the firing pin
4: and we will die. Put down the grenade.
5: If we were wrong, I would rather finish it here now and wait again. Are you crazy? No. That gun, put it down or I will pull the pin. All right, all right.
4: I'll leave you here. I will go. <laughs> My leg.
5: You see, you will stay with me
4: and wait. Hunts in the furrow's name, be careful. That firing pin is loose if you pull it, be. Do not be
5: afraid. If they do not laugh again until it is dawn, I will believe what you said, that it was hallucination. Yes,
4: yes, it was a hallucination. If
5: they do not laugh again and it is day again, I will believe. If they do not laugh again... <laughs> You can't sleep, sir.
4: With you sitting there? Grenade in your hand? Hans, listen to me. It is almost dawn. Not yet. It is almost dawn. And nothing has happened. They are dead. So, put down that grenade. Get our things together. Help me, and we will go out to Malford and meet Berghoff.
5: And it is dawn.
4: But in a few moments, it will be day. I know it.
5: Then wait for those minutes. If they do not laugh again, I will believe, and we
2: will live. They
4: will not laugh again. Never.
5: Look. <laughs> On the wall, light, the sun, day. Look quite.
4: I was right, and the bill, right. No one can stop us. We are the chosen. We'll grenade, Hansen.
5: Listen, <laughs> listen to what? To what? I thought that I heard. Should... They <laughs> again?
3: No. They again? Hans, don't put that ring. Hans, for God's sake, God. You said God. Listen. Listen
5: to them. God sent them back. No, it's not them. Hans, put down
4: the grenade. They,
5: the dead, come back to repay us for what we've done. No.
4: Don't put the trigger. It's not them. Wait, I'll prove it. I'll prove it. Oh, my leg. But I will get up. Wait, Hans. I'll open the door. I'll show you they are dead.
3: Someone else in there. I'll show you. show you. <laughs> Good evening, gentlemen. Won't you come in by the fire? You
8: see, it is for dead! You better roll! Oh, no, the grenade! Don't hunch! No! Ah, good
5: morning, Vika. Oh. Good morning, Harold. Lovely morning.
3: Aye. Certainly rained last night. And that thunder. What brings you out so early, Harold? Oh, me old woman told me she had an explosion or something just at daybreak, so I come over. Explosion? Aye. (laughs) Uh, She must have dreamt it. Birds singing in the morning.
2: No explosion here. Aye.
3: (sighs) Aye. But I do wish they'd tear down these old ruins. <laughs> it does no good leaving them stand there to remind us that Sir William and all his family were killed by a German air bomb three years ago. Yeah, three years ago last night.
2: Mr. Obler, Mr. Obler. Miracle?
1: And what's wrong with miracles? Everything around us is a miracle, but
2: more of that in a moment. And let me take the moment to remind you, ladies and gentlemen, if due to vitamin vitamin B and iron shortage, you're so miserably thin and run down, so weak and pale and exhausted that you're missing out on your work and in your fun, try Ironized Yeast Tablets. Thousands who only needed more vitamin B and iron. Thank ironized yeast tablets for helping them gain glorious new pep and strength, and five, ten, even more pounds of good new flesh, often in a few short weeks. Ironized yeast is sold on this no-risk, money-back basis. If you don't quickly begin to eat and sleep better, to feel much stronger, peppier, and more alive, if, in short, you're not 100% pleased with the results, the cost of the first bottle will be refunded to you in full, by Ironized Yeast, box I-Y, Broadway, New Jersey. Just be sure you get the genuine, the one and only, Ironized Yeast. Look for the big letters I-Y on the package and on each tablet. And now, what about miracles, Mr. Obler?
1: Well, let's consider a few. The air we breathe, that miracle of nothingness that gives us life. There's a miracle of intelligence, that we think a thing and then bring our thought to reality. The ability to think and then one's own mind, be any place in the world in a split second, conjure up people, ideas, yes, all these things are miracles. Everything in life, including life itself, is a miracle. That, my friends, was literally what was said a long time ago on the subject by a man by the name of Napoleon.
2: Well, I'm beginning to see what you mean.
1: Now, Frank, to bring our miracles down to the present, how about the spirit of a people? Twenty-some-odd miles of channel water between them and the Nazi barbarians? A single night in which an area as large as the average American large town was ablaze with incendiary bombs, and yet those people won through to lead the fight. Or take the miracle of those three American boys in a float in mid-Pacific on a raft, or, or the miracle of Stalingrad, or, or the miracle of an entire nation turning from a soft, easy way of life to an all-out production for war and victory. We, all of us, are living hourly in a series of miracles. When the final victory comes, well, we can all look forward to that that greater miracle of a world of free men working together for the good of all men. Now, it may seem a, a far cry from the miracle of heroism to talking about that war stamp book of yours, but there's another little miracle. Eight 25 cent stamps, eight hand grenades. Six 25 cent stamps, one winter combat helmet. Thirty 10 cent stamps, a pair of jungle fighting boots. An anti tank mine for fifteen 50 cent stamps. Commando Trench Knife for $0.40 10 cents. Now, in addition to putting your dollars in the fighting line to the payroll savings plan, you can get at the Axis with your spare coins by buying war stamps. Every empty space you fill in with your stamp album adds to the rain of steel going into the camps of the enemy. Every time you fill your album and turn it in for a bomb, well, you turn it into a bomb. You turn the rain of steel into a hurricane. Your way to do more to help beat the Axis is by buying enough stamps to fill the empty spaces in your stamp book. Then turn it in for a war bond. You can buy those stamps at your bank, your post office, your saving and loan association, your radio station, your picture show, your department store,
2: your general store.
1: It will bring on that final, inevitable miracle of
2: peace. And what about next week?
1: Well, it's a story set
2: a long way from here, the
1: sea-swept island of Iran.
2: Iran? Where's that?
1: Well, that's in the North Sea. It's one of the weirdest places in the world, Frank. the natives live as close to death as the art of the sea, which never stops tearing at the cliffs. Oddly enough, the story is titled The Sea. And if you like the chill of the unknown as much as I think you do,
2: tune in next week. Yes, tune in next Tuesday again for Arch Obler's eerie story, The Sea. And if you need more vitamin B and iron, be sure to try Ironized Yeast, the one and only Ironized Yeast, with the big letters IY on the package and on each tablet. Oh. It is later than you think.
1: Stay tuned now for My Friend Irma, next on Theatre of the Mind. Time now for My Friend Irma.
7: Jane? Jane? Yes, what is it, honey? What's this dotted line on the map of the world? Dotted line? Oh, that's the international date line. Isn't that wonderful getting the boys and girls from different countries to go out with each other? (laughs) Well, that's what you can expect when you listen to my friend Irma. Friendship, friendship
9: just the perfect friendship. When other friendships have been forgotten, theirs will still be hard. Lieber Brothers Company, makers of swan, the soap with the exclusive super-creamed blend presents...
7: Our friend swan with my friend
9: Irma. Starring Mary Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane.
7: has happened to me, Jane Stacy shouldn't happen to a dog. A big one. A little one couldn't handle it. (laughs) You see, my boss and the guy I'm in love with, Richard Rhinelander, has suddenly decided to go to England on business. He says it's business. There's no reason to doubt him, except that his mother and father look so happy about his leaving me. Why, I don't know. I'm just an innocent bystander. Perhaps they're under the impression that I want to get engaged to him. They're wrong. I just want to marry him. (laughs) What's more, let's face it, I don't mind shipping our money out of the country to help. I'm in favor of that, but it's going too far when they ship our men. But then that's the problem. Richard's sailing on the Queen Mary, so today I'm moping around. I'm not eating. Lost my appetite. Think for lunch, I'll put a little salt on my heart and eat it with a dry piece of Melba toast. (laughs) Oh, Jane, I have a feeling you're upset, aren't you? Me upset? Oh, don't be silly. <sighs> the only reason I'm shaking like this is because I'm getting ready to make a malt of milk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jane, now I know why you're so nervous. You're thinking about Richard going to England, aren't you? Yes, Irma. Even though he hasn't left yet, I miss him already. You know, he's going to be over 3,000 miles across the ocean. Well, it could be Worse? Worse. How could it be worse? If he only went 2,000 miles, he'd drown. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope he does. Oh, what am I saying? Oh, Jane, listen to me. I'm your oldest friend, and this trip might be very good for both of you. Now you can find out how much you miss each other. Yeah, yeah, there's something to that. They say that separation is a great test, I'd like to believe. Well, it certainly is. Once Al and I were separated and we had a miserable time. Where did Al go? Nowhere. We were in the movies and a woman was sitting between us. (laughs) I know what it is to suffer. Yeah, I can imagine having to split a bag of popcorn three ways. (laughs) Hello? Oh, it's you, Richard. Oh, Richard, why must you go? Why don't you send your father instead? He'd love the trip, the old dear. <laughs> you have to go, but you love me. Oh, that's sweet. Sure, I'll come down to see you off. I. But... What? You want Irma and Al and Mrs. O'Reilly and the professor to come too? Well, that's nice of you, Richard, but it's not necessary, honestly. You want them to come. All right, dear, I'll tell him. Goodbye. Tell us what, Jane? What do you think, sweetie? Richard's invited the whole gang to see him off on the boat tomorrow night. A bon voyage party in his stateroom. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, I I think I'll wear slacks. Slacks? Yes, Jane, if I fall off the boat, someone will yell, man overboard, and if I'm wearing a dress, I can drown while I'm looking for the man. (laughs) Well... Don't worry, honey, you won't fall overboard Gee, you know, I hope Richard doesn't fall in love with any of those English girls Oh, don't worry, Jane Richard wouldn't fall for any of those English girls They're all bow-legged <laughs> Bow-legged? Yes, they say a lot of them are cockneyed Yeah Yeah well thanks, uh, thanks for straightening me out, honey. And I suppose they're all so poor. they have to live in the House of Commons. Well, uh, Jane, I, I don't know anything about their real estate.
10: Come in. It's only me, Professor Kropot. <laughs> Hello,
9: Janie and Irma, my two little teapots. One with a fancy top,
10: one with a loose lid. <laughs> A <laughs> little joke I picked up in the gypsy tea room
7: Professor, you know, I don't know what it is But you look so different huh? Yes, it's your eyebrows I've never seen them so bushy Bushy? Hmm.
5: There's a mirror Oh, how do you like that? What can it be? Now I know Last night when I kissed Mrs. O'Reilly I must have slipped These are her eyelashes
8: <laughs> <laughs> Well, you
7: shouldn't steal kisses in the dark
5: Who would kiss her in the daytime? (laughs) With me, it's night madness. Tell me, Janie, what are you going to do with yourself while Richard's away?
7: Oh, I'll keep busy. Incidentally, Professor, you're invited to Richard's farewell party on the Queen Mary.
5: The Queen Mary? Mm hmm.
7: And what a boat. It's really a hotel on water.
11: Well, to me, that's no novelty. When it rains,
5: my room has the same features.
9: (laughs) But I'll go and wish Richard good luck.
6: Oh, Miss O'Reilly. Girls, have you some aspirin? I think I'm getting a cold in my head. Of course, it can be me imagination.
0: It's not your imagination. Here are your eyelashes.
6: Oh, thank you, Professor. Girls, lately he's been so sweet to me. For instance, last night we had a snack in the kitchen and he turned out the lights and held the hand. <laughs> was that your hand? I was reaching for the pickles.
7: <laughs> <laughs> I'll go
6: along with you, Professor. Uh, Janie, when does Richard leave for England?
7: Tomorrow night, Mrs. O'Reilly, and you're invited
0: to
6: his farewell party on the Queen Mary. Oh, bless him. I'm going right upstairs and bake him a nice cake in case he gets hungry on the trip.
0: Or in case the ship needs more ballast.
6: <laughs> oh, hush with you, Professor. Come upstairs and talk to me while I bake a cake. And if you're a good boy, I'll give you a picture to hang over that hole in your wall.
0: No, thank you. I don't want to cover that hole.
11: It
5: overlooks a beautiful view. Why,
7: well, all you can see out of there is the city dump.
5: Compared to my room, it's a beautiful view.
7: <laughs> see you
5: tomorrow night, on the underbought. Goodbye. Bye. Jane.
7: What, honey? Well, while Richard's away, maybe Al has a friend who will date you. That's very sweet, Irma, but I don't think the warden would let him out just for that. <laughs> Come in. Hello, Jane. you, Chicken. Hi, Al. Hello, Al. Honey, what are you looking so happy about?
11: Chicken, you are looking at a millionaire.
7: Oh, Jane, did you hear that? Al's a millionaire. Al... There are three people in this room, one of whom is a very big skeptic. Well,
11: explain. Happen to have a a big big deal. deal.
7: Yeah. Well, what is it?
11: It's confidential.
7: Al, believe me, I'll keep your secret. In fact, I'm not even going to hear it. Goodbye, Al.
11: Sarcastic shrew. Would like to tame her.
7: (laughs) Oh, Al, don't look so... Don't look so sad. Don't let Aunt, Look, don't let Jane hurt your feelings. Tell me your new deal. I'm not a septic.
11: <laughs> well, all right, it, it's a... Uh...
7: Oh, Al, I think it's wonderful. It can't miss.
11: Chicken, i like you to have confidence in me, but you go overboard. <laughs> Must hear the deal first. It's a report card with a railroad ticket printed on the back, so when a kid gets bad marks, he can leave town. <laughs>
7: <laughs> Wonderful! You know, a, a thing like that can stamp out all juveniles
11: <laughs> Ah, Chicken, what's the use? I just heard myself say it and it's nothing And Jane's right, I'm nothing
7: Oh, but Al, to me, you're everything
11: No, Chicken, it's about time I faced facts. I can't get any place in New York
7: Well, uh, maybe you should go to a larger city <laughs> <laughs>
11: This is the biggest, Chicken, but it's no good for me This town has got me down. I gotta move on. Need new worlds to conquer.
7: Aw, Al, you're just depressed. You'll feel better when you go to the party tomorrow night and see Richard off to London.
11: Richard's going to London? Uh Uh-huh. Hey, chicken, that sounds like the spot for me. In that fog, a guy can get away with anything. I mean, uh, (laughs) nobody
7: is poking their nose in his business. Oh, but Al, you'll be on the other side of the ocean and I'll miss you so... Every time I go to Coney Island and I see something washed up on the beach, I'll think of you.
11: <laughs> Tender thought, chicken. Now, all I've got to figure out is how I can get to London without pain. And there's only one man who can help me. Who, Al? Who else but... Hello, joke? Al, <laughs> ah, got a problem. Got to get to England on the Queen Mary. No fun. What's my move? Contact Saltwater Sam, who works very close with Limehouse Louie. Well, how will I know him, Joe? When I go down to the Queen Mary, I'll see a head sticking out of a porthole. Yeah, but there's a lot of portholes on the Queen Mary. Throw a rock at the head. If it doesn't duck, it'll be saltwater sand. <laughs> Used to work at the Coney Island baseball concession. Oh, yeah, I remember him. The guy was always complaining his feet were hurting him. Yeah, but Joe, how will he get me over? Uh-huh. 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 Mm-hmm. He'll pack me in a sealed can filled to the top with oil. But, Joe, how will I breathe? What if I don't? The ride is for nothing. (laughs) No, Joe, thanks for the effort, but do not wish to travel as a sardine. Goodbye, Joe. Chicken, Joe gave me the idea. I'm going to stow away on the Queen Mary.
7: Oh, but they're liable to catch you.
11: Got to take that chance.
7: Oh, but I'll miss you.
11: Chicken, our future lies beyond the seas. Who knows? I may go to the continent, pick up some polish, contacts, maybe even a title. Imagine me coming back, a prince.
7: Oh, what a thrilling day that'll be. And I'll be waiting for you on the pier saying, Here, prince! Here, prince! ...to go down to the Queen Mary to see Richard off. Believe me, Jane Stacy is one great actress. Hmm. I won't show him what my real feelings are. I'll be casual, indifferent, blasé. Think I'll take four handkerchiefs along in case I crack. <laughs> but I won't. I can control my emotions. I'll just say, uh, have a nice trip, Richard. And he'll kiss me. He'll kiss me. And I'll report immediately to the captain... ...and ask to join the crew at no salary. Oh, what's the use of kidding myself? As far as we women are concerned, baseball is not the national sport And, as if I didn't have enough on my mind, Irma and Al are acting very strangely They're behaving in a very offbeat manner Irma, look, we better get to the pier, honey The boat will be leaving soon What's going on between you and Al? Uh, Don't worry about us, Jane, we'll meet you there You meet me there. I don't understand. You two aren't up to anything. Oh, no. And why are you staring at each other?
11: Uh, you heard that expression, drink to me only with thine eyes? We're on a binge.
7: I was only trying to be helpful. Mm -hmm. Well, I haven't got time to discuss it now. I'll see you on the boat and be sure that nothing goes wrong. Goodbye.
11: Okay, chicken, we gotta act fast. Got to promote an angle that'll take care of my passage on the Queen Mary.
7: Al, I, I've got a thought, but I don't think you'll like it.
11: Speak up, chicken. Many a great thought has come from the mouth of a child.
7: Al, why don't you work your way across?
11: Go away, kid. You bother me.
7: Well, uh, Al, I don't know what other, what other way there is of going, but one thing I insist on. If you're going to go, it has to be honest.
11: See what you mean, chicken. You can trust me. Got the angle will stow away in a lifeboat.
7: Oh, but, Al, that's not honest. What do you mean,
11: chicken? Does anybody else go in a lifeboat? No. Well, then, if I'm not taking anybody else's place, it's honest.
7: <laughs> oh, I apologize, Al, darling. You know, for a moment, it seemed crooked, but when you explain it, it, it still seems crooked. But you say it so honestly that I know it's not crooked. <laughs>
11: like that trait in you, chicken. If you were only the district attorney, this would be a pr- progressive city for a man like me. Now, Chicken, getting into the lifeboat is simple, but the main thing is, how do I get food and drink?
7: Well, that's that simple, Al. Just ring for room service. <laughs> chicken,
11: don't you understand? No one must know I'm in the lifeboat, so it must depend upon you to get the food to me. Mm. After two days, I'll come out, and they can't throw me off.
7: But, Al, uh, h- how will I do it?
11: Easy, Chicken. So they won't suspect me when I get on board, you bring a suitcase full of the necessities of life, Walk casually along the upper deck where the lifeboats are, slip me the suitcase, blow me a kiss, and then walk nonchalantly back to the pier.
7: But, uh, Al, how will I know what lifeboat you're in?
11: Well put question. You walk along and knock twice on each lifeboat, like this. When you hear two knocks back, you know I'm under the canvas.
7: All right, Al. Uh,
11: Chicken, feel the need of a rehearsal. Now, you're on the boat, and someone comes up to you and says, what are you doing with that suitcase? What do you say?
7: Do you think I'd let my boyfriend in that lifeboat starve?
11: <laughs> Chicken, don't you see? They mustn't know I'm in the lifeboat. We'll oh. tell you what to say. You are a fashion designer, and you're taking some sketches over because you're putting on a fashion show, As you understand a lot of women over there have nothing to wear. Got it? Uh, got it. Just to be sure I'm sailing with the wind behind me, repeat it for me.
7: Oh, well, that's silly.
11: Give it back to me, Chicken.
7: All right, Al. I'm putting on a show over there for a group of women who are sketches, and they're going to be a show without wearing anything. (laughs) Now, aren't you sorry you asked me to repeat it?
11: Chicken, forget it. We'll give you a simple phrase you can't miss. If anyone talks to you, say you're going over with a convention of the Daughters of the American Revolution. You got it?
7: Yes, I'm going over with the Daughters of the American Revolution.
11: Perfect. See you on the boat. And don't forget the suitcase and the two knocks for a signal.
7: Okay, uh, Daughters of American Revolution, suitcase, and two knocks. <laughs> well, I'm in Richard's stateroom on the Queen Mary. He's driving me crazy. He's taking one last look at the New York skyline. And I'm a girl. I'd like him to take one last look at my waistline. But he's not going to leave before I plant a good kiss on him.
9: Richard. Uh, what is it, Jane? Uh,
7: Haven't you forgotten something?
9: No, I don't think so. I've got my uh, tickets.
7: No, uh, no, I-, I didn't mean that.
9: Well, there's my trunk and the large suitcase and my, uh, my visa. Uh,
7: Richard, I- I'm not talking about the things you're taking with you. I'm speaking about something you're leaving behind.
9: Oh, I know what you mean, Jane. Oh, you're a darling to think of it. The kennel said they'd take care of my dog.
7: (laughs) Richard, for your information, I cannot bark. (laughs) But you're also leaving me behind.
9: Oh, Jane, I've been an awful fool. Oh, I apologize. Oh, well,
7: don't waste time apologizing. The boat's sailing. Come
9: on over here, darling.
7: Oh, Richard. Oh, murder. Whoever you are, just slip it under the door and go away.
10: It's only me, Professor Kropotkin. <laughs> Hello, Richard. I came to wish you a good trip.
6: And I came along with the professor to give you my best wishes, too, Richard, darling. Oh, thank you, folks. Jeannie, uh, we're not interrupting anything, are we? Oh, no, no. Where are Al and Irma? Oh, they'll be along. Richard, here's a little going-away present for you. It's a cake. Well,
8: thank you. It's
6: my mother's recipe. She used to make it for my father. Richard, you'll be interested to know that Mrs. O'Reilly was an orphan when she was two. Oh, go on with you, Professor. He's such a boy at heart, always trying to amuse me with little games. Like when we came aboard, he wanted to play pirates. Blindfold me and let me walk the gangplank. (laughs) So
0: I'll think of something else. (laughs)
9: Oh, I'm glad you're here, Irma. I don't want to sail without saying goodbye to you. Uh, where's Al?
7: Oh, uh, he'll see you later, Richard. Uh, uh, like in a couple of days. What? Oh, oh, uh, have a nice trip, Richard. And when you get to England, will you stop off at Oxford and bring me some of those shoes that the students make there? <laughs> oh, Irma, don't be ridiculous. Say, hey, honey, what's the idea of the suitcase? Oh, uh, I'll tell you later, Jane. Uh, I want to take a look around the boat. Oh, voyage, Richard. That's French. I-, I didn't want to use it because this is an English boat, but you'll understand.
9: <laughs> Thank you, Irma, and, and goodbye.
7: Gee, now i got to find the lifeboat where Al is. Well,
10: miss, are you going to take the tip trip across with us?
7: Uh, no, General, just way. What? I mean, my boyfriend. Uh, I mean, uh... Uh, this is a nice boat, General.
10: I'm not a general. I'm a captain.
7: Oh well, you work hard and you'll get a promotion.
8: <laughs> uh, where,
7: uh, where are the lifeboats?
10: Right up here on the top deck. May I carry your bag, Miss?
7: Oh no, thank you.
10: Is this your first trip abroad?
7: Ah uh, yes, sir. I'm going over with my daughters to start a revolution. What?
10: What are you knocking on that lifeboat for, miss?
7: Well, it's good luck to knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, haven't you any work to do, like throwing out the anchor or checking the oars?
10: I have a crew to do that. Mm. Now, what are you knocking for?
7: Uh, I'm sorry, I thought I heard someone say come in.
10: <laughs> I beg your pardon. Lady, will you please stop knocking on those lifeboats?
7: All right, I will. I
10: don't wish to be rude, but it's just against the rules. Here, would you like a cigarette? Uh, No, thank you. If you don't mind, I'll smoke my pipe. What's a captain without a pipe? I'll just knock out some of this tobacco. (laughs) What was that?
7: Your pipe made an echo. <laughs>
10: That's ridiculous. I think there's somebody in that lifeboat.
7: Oh, no, if there's anybody in there, Al would chase him out. <laughs>
10: Who's Al?
7: My boyfriend, the man in the lifeboat. What? I don't know who you're talking to, but time a blow. <laughs>
10: Whoever's in there, come out.
7: Ain't nobody in here but us oars,
8: folks.
10: <laughs> this is ridiculous.
11: Oh, a stowaway. Now, just a minute, Your Honor. I got influence. I know the captain. Oh, you do? Uh, uh, Al, let me handle Al this, want... Chicken. The captain happens to be a very good friend of mine. I see. Al, Please, I want... Chicken. I was hired by the captain to inspect the lifeboat.
7: Uh, Al, you what see? is a Chicken? This is the captain.
11: <laughs> well, Captain, this is a fine way to
10: treat an old friend. <laughs> Didn't you recognize me? No. But I do know that you'll be thrown off this ship. You could be locked up for a thing like this. Now, wait a second there. I'm a friend of Mr. Richard Ryanlander. Oh, yes? Well, we'll just see about this. Come with me.
7: All ashore that's going ashore. Oh, gee. Richard, we have to go now. Please take good care of yourself, darling.
0: I will, Jane. Have a good trip,
6: Richard. Oh, bless you, my boy. Now, don't wait, Janie. Give him a great big kiss. Yes, it's an old custom to kiss people are leaving goodbye. Oh, I didn't know that. I must get tickets to someplace.
0: <laughs> Save your money, Mrs. O'Reilly. You could go around the world six times and I wouldn't shake hands with you. <laughs>
6: oh, hush up, Professor. Go on, Janey. Give him a big kiss.
7: I think I will. And thank you. I think you've been a grand audience all afternoon. Oh, forget it, Richard. I'll mail you a kiss. Come in.
10: I'm sorry to bother you, Mr. Rhinelander. I'm Captain Pearson. I found a stowaway who claims he's a friend of yours.
7: Irma and Al. Oh, well, you see, Jane, Al wanted to make contacts and he saw... Oh, don't bother don't bother explaining. We're getting off this boat, and you're not getting out of my sight, the two of you. Goodbye, Richard, darling. Bon voyage.
0: Goodbye, Jane. So long, gang. Take Goodbye, good care of
7: yourself. yourself. All the that's going ashore. Come on. Come on, hurry up. Follow me into this elevator. Come on, Professor, quick. Take
5: it easy. Mrs. O'Reilly has my arm, and she hasn't hurried since Bull Run.
7: <laughs> Come on, now. Now let, Let's make sure that everybody's here. Al, you, Cap... Crep- my goodness. Where's Irma?
11: Well, she was just here. She must have taken the wrong door. Last call.
7: All ashore that's going ashore. Oh! Good heavens, she'll be stranded on the boat. Oh, we've got to find her. Everybody look. Everybody look in different directions. Oh, Come all right.
5: on. Come along, Mrs. O'Reilly, rum.
6: I can't Professor. It's these new long skirts. Why do
5: you bother with long skirts when it's a long hat, you need? Come on.
6: <laughs> Hurry up, Al!
7: Steward. Yes, lady? We've been looking high and low for a friend of ours. She's a blonde in a red suit.
9: A blonde in a red suit? Oh, yes. I believe she's the last person we let off the boat before we sailed. Before we sailed? Ow! We're moving! Uh, isn't that the young lady you mean, waving down there on the pier? gosh! Oh, uh, if
7: you get hungry, folks, there's a suitcase full of sandwiches in the third lifeboat. <laughs>
9: Have you heard? Have you heard? Ladies, you can save 50% on a modern heavy-gauge aluminum saucepan, just the kind of a two-quart saucepan with a cover that's so useful in your kitchen. The saucepan is a fine 18-gauge aluminum with a no-twist handle, and both the hand and cover knob are made of no-burn bakelite. This handsome saucepan is worth $2, but you can get it for only $1.
6: It's the famous
7: Regal Aluminum Ware, the really perfect modern kitchenware.
9: Yes, and they're made with inside sunray finish. So bright, so beautiful. Now here's all you do to get them. Send in box tops or wrappers from any two of these lever products: Lux Flakes, Rinso, Lux Toilet Soap, Life Boy, Silver Dust, Spry, or Swan. And when you buy them, you can get handy order blanks as well as the other information you need. Orders will be sent postpaid within three weeks. The offer expires August 1st, 1948. It is subject to state and local regulations. Just send your money together with box tops or wrappers from two Lever products and your name and address to Lever Homemakers Club, Box 1, New York City.
7: by the pilot boat except for the fact that I got soaked to the skin and so sick I couldn't walk it was a delightful experience but I am forgiven Irma for the trick she and Al tried to pull so I said Irma what in the world ever made you believe that Al would do any better in London than he does here and Irma said well Al is very handy with tools and I heard that the london bridges are falling down maybe he could fix them <laughs> You know something? I'm living with someone beyond repair, and that's my friend Irma.
9: My Friend Irma presented by Swan, another fine product of Lieber Brothers Company, was produced and directed by Cy Howard. Tonight's script was written by Cy Howard and Park Levy. Folks, next Monday evening, listen again to...
7: Our Friend Swan with My Friend
9: Irma. Starring Marie Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. The part of Professor Kropotkin was played by Hans Conried. Ladies, listen. The shortage of fats and oils is still very serious, and it's worldwide. So please keep on saving every drop of used kitchen fat. Your butcher will pay you for every pound. Frank Bingman speaking. Tune in next week, one hour earlier, and listen to the Lux Radio Theater, immediately followed by my friend Irma. This is CBS, where 99 million people gather every week. The Columbia Broadcasting System.
1: Thank you for listening. I hope you'll be with me next week as I uncover more gems from the golden age of radio. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses
0: Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a wonderful weekend. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.